0: Hmm? Ah! Huh.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Hank.
1: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show, You.
2: Today, we are covering episode seven of season four titled Good Man, Cruel World. <clears>
1: hmm. <throat> <laughs> oh. This is such a juicy one.
2: So much in this episode that I've got to talk about so many things that I really am excited about. And then one major thing, maybe not so much, but we'll get there.
1: Uh (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm excited Uh for that one.
2: (laughs) But Uh, overall, yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this one and vindication of all of our theorizing (laughs) and... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we're not crazy.
1: <laughs> I swear, we were going somewhere with this. <laughs> not gloating at all. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I take it. At least sounds like for the most part, uh, you liked it. Yeah. This week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. Most for the most part, I really liked this episode. There's a lot of tension. Like I'll get to like where I was like, "Yep, I know." Like, "Yep, we were right. I knew it." And then it's like. Mm-hmm. But what about that? Maybe we're completely wrong. It's like, it really went back and forth quite a few times where it kept me on the edge with this episode going, wait, now what's actually true? Yeah. And then they kind of, at the end again, flipped it back in our favor and we're like, okay, no, we were right, but I'm still, okay. There's still so much. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) So much still open. Yeah. Uh, Because yeah, we've I was thinking, oh, this was only episode seven. There's still three more episodes to go. Mm -hmm. And- I think with where we're at, that's probably pretty appropriate if they keep the pacing up anyway. Yeah. Um, I know it felt like we had just as a slight dip for like an episode or so, um, but now we've really picked things back up. And I think that's probably pretty appropriate to kind of wrap up, I hope anyway, uh, that they you know wrap up the season in a satisfactory way. But I think they yeah. can do it in three seasons with where we are as of this one. So, um, So, yeah. Definitely some juicy things to dive into. Well, I, that's that's great. I I really enjoyed this episode, not for the obvious reason um, of of feeling feeling a little vindicated, <laughs> uh, because I was thinking it's just no, you're just being stupid. Um, but there were some really, I think, um, I think some fresh life in this episode. Yeah, and. I, I'm here for it, but I have a, I have you know a few questioning things too. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But really excited to talk about this. one. I know we just talked about that right, right before we hit, hit record. Like this was a really good one to to, to dive into. So mm-hmm. with that being said, because um, I am itching to talk about all of our points and and get into the details. Where do you want to start tonight?
0: All
2: right. Uh, well, you know how I am. I like to start small and build most of the time. Appreciate so. that. Keep it keep it very simple. The shortest one that I've got. And I've noticed I've talked about them first many, many times. So it's, it's a small little side story in the episode. But let's let's continue on with our saga of Phoebe and Adam. <laughs> Phoebe
0: uh, and Adam, <laughs> good. the drama continues. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> this week on Adam and Phoebe. Um, man. So where we see Phoebe this episode, she's having a very rough time. In the fallout of the whole Dawn situation, which, I mean, makes sense. She's scared, paranoid, questioning everything in her life about who she is, her role as a celebrity figure. Like, this whole interaction definitely did some damage to her. For okay. sure. Uh, and Kate, being the amazing friend that she is, is letting her stay with her. She's being that good friend that she needs. And as they're talking, she's even convincing her to go to, like, this like mental health facility kind of thing to see and speak with professionals and get professional help get off the grid a little bit refocus heal a lot of those kind of things which is great what even says we can make sure it's done discreetly so the press and the tabloids don't do well what they do and just give you some moment to kind of really get professional help for this situation because it's clear i mean you have some kind of like ptsd and this is causing some issues so let's address them and let's get it taken care of let's try to help you
1: PTSD. I don't want that. I Get rid of yeah. it.
2: <laughs> so then when everything's like, oh, this is all good. This is great. This is what she needs. Who's going to show up? But Adam. Uh, oh, geez. Because of course he does. Yeah, He's lost everything. And now he's homeless, according to him. That was very fast. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, what? how much time has passed since, right. since that? That he's now woke up today and lost everything. Was that from the... Uh, engagement ring thing when he had that bet with that well, I can't remember right. that one guy's name because we know
2: he lost all his cars except for one I guess but then I mean we saw throughout the season leading up to this like he's been talking with different financial experts and people being like you're gonna lose the club you're gonna lose all this you're gonna lose. and he's like ah, daddy will take care of it or ah, whatever we'll just hit it looks daddy like daddy didn't, didn't handle it
0: <laughs> yeah daddy didn't come through <laughs> it sounds like
2: uh, but he has now come back for Phoebe Uh, clearly being exactly who she thought that he would be just using her to regain wealth and status. Uh, I I see through the facade, Adam, I'm, you're not fooling me anymore. Mm. Uh, and, and Phoebe being in the fragile state that she is, of course she falls for Adam. He's using her when, when he can best. And honestly, I just feel bad for Phoebe in this very fragile place that she's in, he fully manipulated her to get her and everything that she has back. You know, Oh, here's a ring made of twine. Cause money means nothing. I'm like, yeah, right. For how long? Yeah. How long does it take before you're like, but let's get you a real ring. And well, don't you miss doing this? And don't you miss that? And let's get the house back and let's have our servants. And let's have, it's, I don't believe him. I think he's doing exactly, you know, he says, I need her back. I was like, yeah, you've been homeless for a day and you're like, yep, yeah, can't do this. Uh, definitely am willing to do anything I can to get all of that money and power back. And he can take advantage of her and her situation right now. I, and what really solidifies me putting that on him is when he, like, you know, does like, you know, bends Phoebe down to kiss her. He gives Kate that shitty little look, like, yes. Haha, I won, you know?
1: Yes, 100%.
2: And it's like, Mm, I was rooting for them, and now I just feel bad for Precious Phoebe and kind of really despise Adam. And I was like, I mean, Joe, if you if you just want to embrace the whole eat the rich killer thing, your next victim's pretty solidified, I think. I mean, like, I've got ideas.
1: <laughs> Slip him a name. Slip him a name <laughs> under the door. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Adam, you piece of shit. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, they're one of my points as well. So if you, unless you have something that you That's want to be saying, yeah, okay, just... I'll then just um, go ahead and start with mine. Uh, my first point, which Phoebe and Adam, um, like you, I, I felt really bad for Phoebe. I've really come to have a soft spot for Phoebe. She's really mm-hmm. out of this whole group of the, this new rich group that Joe has found himself immersed in again. Um She's definitely one of my favorites. I've she's yeah. you know, I I kind of wrote her off a little there in the beginning, but she's definitely grown on me, whereas I still despise like all the others. And I don't care about even Kate at this point, really. I'm kind of <laughs> eh. um, but Phoebe's definitely grown on me. So I felt really bad for her. Like like you said, being in this fragile state that she was in and you can't blame her for those feelings. That was a I mean, what she went through. Uh, was pretty damn scary and so of course she's in that state and she's feeling a little paranoid and she's fired all of her staff thinking about selling her flat she caught some of the workers in the bathroom and well what if they're installing like people cameras and things you know she's she needs a break and Mm -hmm. and yeah I don't think it was such a terrible idea for Kate to um, you know talk about hey let's let's find a mental health facility that can help you and just you can kind of have a breather you'll be safe you can talk this out and and work through those feelings and this ptsd that she's um feeling so i really loved kate for that and then yeah adam coming over to totally just ruin the whole thing you knew exactly why he was showing up on that door uh when he's when he's asking about her trying to make it sound all romantic to be poor um you know and oh and we can you know live without money and stuff um, just a, such a load of BS coming out of his mouth but what really frustrated me though is is Kate when she's like oh we'll be really discreet about this not let the press know but then she tells Adam her plan I'm like why would you do that why would you tell him you know because he not in the same way but he's like just as unstable as Phoebe you know um he's he's completely wrecked he's yeah according to him lost everything you know why would you trust uh him off with phoebe to take her to the facility um you know and, and trust him with with your plan so i was really upset with kate like you you have very poor decision making skills. Right. <laughs> Should not have done that. So I feel I feel really. So at bad. least go
2: with them. If sure, Adam, you drive, but I'm also going with you yeah. to make sure you take her to the right place.
1: Right, I'm going to be there and make sure she gets safely there. Uh, you know, as as we've arranged. But oh no, uh, you know, it totally went off the rails uh, there. And yeah, you're so right. That as soon as he gives her that glare. When he dips her for that kiss, I was like, yep, yep, I, yep, I know exactly what you're up to, you piece of shit, taking advantage of a Phoebe, He's so sweet. And I think he, she looked like she was on something. Did it look yeah. like that he took her out and got her doped up or something? Absolutely, um, that's
2: what I think is, which, they took off in the car and he was like, well, you're about to go to this place and they're, it's gonna, you know, you realize that they're not gonna let you do any drugs or alcohol or anything there, you know, you're gonna mm-hmm. have to like, so let's one last night on the town with a little bit of money I have left or whatever bullshit he had. And yeah, I totally think that's what he did is got her drunk, got her high. And then that's even more elevate that state that she's in to then propose to her, you know?
1: Yeah, she's in a very vulnerable state, even when she was sober. And then I know it was he didn't say that. I'm just, you know, um, just based on her behavior, she seemed like mm-hmm. she was really out of it. So I'm like, now you're even, an, an even bigger piece of shit, you know? For not only uh, coming to her when she's in such a vulnerable state, but then you go and make it even worse by, you know, what looks uh, and appears to be getting her on drugs, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They seem to be pretty free willing with the recreational. Yeah. Uh <laughs> you know, activities in this group. So, who knows what she's on, but I I thought she looked like she was on something and I'm like, "So now you're yeah. even worse. You went and put her in an even more vulnerable state." So, yeah, I I wouldn't be mad if Adam was was next on Joe's list somewhere. I don't know that he is because I've I have I I think I know who would definitely be next on his list um based on this episode. But yeah, pretty mm-hmm. upset with Adam, not really thrilled with Kate that she would give away the plan and for one second trust adam with phoebe and i hope she untangles herself and you know uh and comes to realize who he really is so i'm with Mm you asshole don't feel bad for him anymore at all (laughs) i'm mad at myself that i ever did um what's your next point
2: all right the next one let's just let's get out of our way we'll call it our. Our dashboard confessional point. We are finally vindicated, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, uh, fake Reese and real Reese. The Reese, the case of Reese, confirmed, cracked, got it. Um, <laughs> which doing my notes on second watch made this kind of weird because <laughs> it, it made it hard to like take notes on like the interactions between Joe and. Reese in quotations now that after watching it that first time have everything confirmed that Reese really is, you know, Joe. <laughs> Reese is just in his mind. Uh and so uh it's really just Joe is speaking to himself in his flat. Uh just <laughs> talking to himself alone. He's full blown, just lost it. Uh yeah, he's telling himself, really, to kill Tom Lockwood. Because that'll absolve him of all of his past oopsies, as as they say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one of the first, I guess, clues, this goes into my complaint that I'll get to later, uh, but is is he has this connection to this Indian place that's near this weird abu- abandoned building that he's mm-hmm. housing the the cage in, the box. Uh, so I guess when he's fugue, he's got to bring Marion food, so... That's just the easiest choice. It's close by, I guess. And that's why he has this weird, like, mental connection to that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, although she looks like she hasn't been eating a ton, she looks like she's in pretty rough shape. Uh, she does, yeah. Yeah. But there were, like, food containers all over the floor in the box. So it's, he's bringing her food, but. I don't know how much, uh, or if she's, or how much she's even it. eating. Yeah, right.
1: uh, you know, uh, is she e- even trusting him that, to provide her with something that wouldn't be something that could harm her or drug yeah. her or something?
2: Because how is he even acting whenever he's interacting with her? We don't know. We haven't seen any of that Mm-mm. because it's not it's not Joe. Like, it's not Jonathan Moore. It's not, you know, like, who who is he when he's talking to her? What's what is she experiencing? I hope that we get to see that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you make a good point. Are we going to get, you know, some flashbacks and see? Okay, now that this has been revealed, are we going to get to see some of that and see how he reacts when he's his other self
2: or his real self? Yeah, I really hope so. Yeah, because I'm very curious how that goes. Uh, Yeah, so he decides to lure Maurice again. Like (laughs) I'm doing quotations (laughs) on an audio-only podcast, but you know. Um, (laughs) that's what I got, uh, but he lures him over and sets up cameras and records on his phone to get proof, but Reese stops the recording pretty quickly, but the cameras weren't touched. So now again, I'm wondering, do we get to watch Joe looking at footage of himself arguing with and threatening himself in his living room? Like what is, (laughs) do we, do we see that stuff? Uh, so again, quotations, Reese has Marianne and so Joe has to hurry and make a decision he's caught between a Reese and a Lockwood uh well <laughs> <laughs> I can talk about that a little bit later but, but yes yeah, so we, we see where his where he's at so I skip over a lot of things one thing led to another and now we get kind of near the end of the episode Joe goes to Reese he gets the location of where Reese is at and at the Sorry, do I know you? I was like, yeah, I saw that coming. I was like, I remember being so like, good. if they come together, he's going to be like, who are you? And it's exactly what happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then this this poor guy, Reese Montrose, he's just trying to be mayor. And now he's tied to a chair naked in his garden shed with an insane person that he's never met before crushing his balls because of stuff that he absolutely had nothing to do with. You know, who the fuck is Marianne? Uh, <laughs> what is going on? Ah, this poor guy.
1: It's yeah, absolutely (sighs) terrible. The dude has zero clue what is going on, or yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's when Joe snaps literally within himself and in Reese's neck. Uh, which I found it was a quite a bit of irony in him yelling, You fucking psychopath, in the face of the guy who he's actively murdering because of a Different fake version of that guy lives in Joe's head, telling him to kill and cover up killings.
1: <laughs> There's so much irony. Right? <laughs> and not only the whole series, but definitely this episode. You're right.
2: <laughs> yeah. But it's after that event happens. So we get to kind of the end of the episode where Joe is putting pieces together. Maybe he realizes the truth because Reese is dead. And then Reese shows up. <laughs> so it was. And you can just say, "I'm, I'm hallucinating," and he's trying to figure out what go, what's going on. And it's that line from Fake Reese: "The he wasn't lying, he didn't know you, but I wasn't lying either. We really do have Marion in a cage." <laughs> oh, we,
0: oh no, <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> so good. That I thought played out really well. I was curious, obviously, if if we were right. Um but yeah, when he opened the door and he's like, Who are you? And I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I was doing a little fist pumping and a little bit, yeah, oh my gosh. But just more of the like just I don't know, it felt exciting and a little and it it's I think perfect timing that, like you said, as because Joe got really angry. This, this, we've seen Joe seasons one through three get there before, mm-hmm. uh, with with people he's come f- to face to face with people that he's killed, had in the cage, things like that. We've seen him; he can be very calm and stoic and, and reasonable at one time, but then he can on a dime flip, and that's yeah. kind of what he did here. And I was like. That's the Joe we haven't seen all season. Yeah. And as soon as... So it made sense that this... The Reese he's been having conversations with would appear when he's had like this... Where it's like the return of his his old self. Mm -hmm. Because Joe has been so... Which I guess he hasn't really had a reason to because he hasn't had this version of himself to like have a need to come out until this moment. So it kind of made sense when he has this like return to his old behavior that then this version of Reese that he's been having a conversation with um pop up. I'm like, "Uh because he's had a little bit of a, another break there." I think. Yeah. Um so it 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 played out so well. Um and I'm yeah. I'm pretty pleased with it so far. I yes. hope they <laughs> can you know kind of close it out and finish it up and and make, you know, at least as much sense as what this show normally does. You now, right. there's so much ridiculousness in this, in this whole <laughs> series, uh, so that's you know a bit of a stretch. But um, I, I hope that they they put it together nicely. Oh yeah, That's so good. Um, all that was fun to see play out. Yeah. My my next point. So I I. And this was my first point, but I I jumped into Adam and Phoebe since you you went ahead and started um, Mm -hmm. your points there. Um, I I will normally start with something that I'm really excited about. And in this episode, one thing that really, really excited me was Greg fucking Kinnear.
2: Yes, I know. I did the same thing. Uh, <laughs> when he showed up that first time, that first watch, I was like, Greg fucking Kinnear. Like, I said it out loud. And then I was like, if I'm this excited, I was like, I know Rima is having the best time of her life right now.
1: <laughs> I just was, because it took a hot minute. I don't know if it was the glasses,
0: the mm-hmm. beard.
1: I don't know. But it took me just a minute because I was like, is that? But wait a minute, because the fl- the pictures like just kept flashing when Joe was. Yeah. Is- you know, doing his search, but I was like, "Wait, wait, pause, wait." I was like, "Is that? Oh my gosh!" I was so happy. Yeah, when Ben and I covered the stand a few years back, mm-hmm. uh, and Greg Kinnear was on that. I think we couldn't just call him Greg Kinnear; we called him Greg fucking Kinnear. I think yeah. every time. So that's I remember for any- <laughs> that. <It was> great <laughs> for anyone that didn't listen to that, because I know that the, the show was not as hugely popular, but um, we we enjoyed it to a point. Um, mm-hmm. That was a highlight for me as well. I'm a huge Greg Kinnear fan since his talk suit days, you know, uh, and so I don't hide that as well. So that's where that comes from, that little inside joke. But that was immediately where I thought, Greg Kinnear, it's a national treasure. <laughs> Love this man. But so, number one, just I enjoy the shit out of him in this episode. Yes. I, his, him playing Tom Lockwood is, was so unexpected absolutely thrilling and man is he playing this character in my opinion so perfectly
2: oh it was incredible it couldn't have gone any better because i remember Mm -hmm. last episode i don't think i said this on the podcast i should have but i had the thought if i didn't mention it yeah like at the end of the episode with reese telling joe you have to kill tom lockwood and i was like they're gonna cast that means they had to cast somebody for tom lockwood we're gonna get him and i was trying to think i was like. Who do they cast as Tom Lockwood? Like, like, is it just going to be some Pompey British guy that, you know, whatever. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect, but no, Greg Kinnear. Greg fucking Kinnear. Kinnear. Wouldn't have expected it, but I think it's absolutely perfect. And I'm so excited to see that.
1: (laughs) He's, he's playing it so well because everything that we know about him, we know from Kate and All she has told us is how he's basically evil incarnate. Mm-hmm. Which again, I'm still again. I've talked about her decision making skills, and I'm like, you despise your father so much. I feel like all I've heard from Kate all of this season is how much she despises her father. Doesn't want to talk to him. Doesn't want to associate with him. Doesn't want him to have any control over him. But hey, he's coming to town for dinner, so I'm gonna go have have dinner with my dad. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay well, so she was
2: ready to run and leave london while he was there true Joe talked her into having dinner with him but,
1: that is true because it did serve his own purposes but yeah. she she but it was interesting to see how warm she was at him i mean mm-hmm. she she was a little she kind of went back and forth I yeah. feel like there were moments where she's just like, whatever, I brought my boyfriend, you know, so let's just get, you know, get through this and and have dinner. Um, so she was a little abrupt with him. But then when they're having dinner and they're talking about, oh, Kate used to, um, you know, rescue and adopt these pit bulls and wanted me to like, you know, send them out or give a puppy to all my friends or whatever. She's like smiling and laughing at the memory, you know, mm-hmm. of it. And I'm like. I don't know is that someone that you know really despises their father or makes him to be as bad as what what she says that he is so I I don't know she's I I don't know how to read that situation because I feel like it's Mm -hmm. going back and forth and I don't know if it's the character or if it's the writing Um, I'm not sure but anyway um,
2: yeah I mean she mentions a lot to give give some benefit I guess to it as how charming and manipulative he is to where yeah I mean when they're walking up she's like He's absolutely evil and you're going to love him is like what she says to Joe. Yes,
1: true. Well, and that is also what's perfection about casting Mm -hmm. someone like Greg Kinnear in this role because he is just the epitome for me charming and Mm -hmm. affable and down to earth and just all in all lovable dude love this guy. So, he could just tell me the most insane bullshit and I'd be like, "Yes, give me more." Um, I I love him. So, I feel like that's was perfection in casting someone like that yeah. cuz he could be completely sinister, but he has this, he plays the down-to-earth yeah. person and charming and you know, "Hey, I'm just a everyday kind of guy," right? But oh, he's got this evil Underlayer, which again is perfection, because I think Greg Kinnear can do that too. Yeah. Um, so what was interesting was, oh my God, it was so freaking good when Kate walks away and he greets uh, Joe not as Jonathan, mm-hmm. and he says, "Nice," you know, something when he emphasizes you, you mm-hmm. know, he, he says you so nice to meet or finally meet you, and then leans in and whispers, Joe. <sighs> God, that was so priceless. I was like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> but it makes complete sense because he he's a billionaire who has like endless resources. So, right. It would make sense that I mean, because it definitely sounds like he tries to insert himself into Kate's business. Like he knows what oh, Kate's yeah. up to. He's got se- he puts security detail on her even when she doesn't want it. So it would make sense that he would know that Joe is either in this new person in her circle of friends um, and maybe they've been spending more time together. So, of course, he's going to have him investigated. And, yeah, he's probably got these endless resources. And what I thought was interesting, and I don't know that there's a tie to it, but it stood out to me, was when um, he said, oh, when Kate was in L.A. and Mm -hmm. she had adopted – the time frame might not work out because it sounds like she was a, a, a kid yeah. when when that happened, so that would not really have married up with the time when Joe was in LA in like season two and three, um, and in that area. But I just thought it was interesting because um, there's it seemed like there was a little bit of a connection. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, how did he? Is that all there is to it? Is that how he found found out that Jonathan was Joe just because he did the investigative work and Being in that circle, I don't know, knowing what happened there in Madre Linda, does he have connections there, friends there, resources, what have you, um, you know, to know about the story. But just absolutely, absolutely delightful. um, Yes. With with Greg Kinnear as a part. I hope he's in more episodes. I hope we get more of him. Um, Me too. And I hope he doesn't (laughs) die. (laughs) I want him to be deliciously evil if he really is cuz I'm curious. Yeah. I've got I don't know. I'm I'll be curious to see as we keep talking about this mm-hmm. episode um you know I don't know that I have more theories but I'm just I'm curious now that some things have been revealed. So um so anyway, that's that's mine. What's your next point?
2: Oh yeah, well I definitely we can go into that cuz I of course I have a point about Tom freaking Lockwood. Yes. Greg fucking Kinnear. Of course I have that. Um, but yeah, you know, Tom Lockwood's coming to London the next day. Of course, Joe already knows that. He's done his research. He knows. Uh, but yeah, he convinces Kate. You said instead of running to have dinner with her father, even, you know, to, as he puts it to show that you're thriving, that you're living your life without him just fine. And look, I'll even be there as your arm candy to show, that, you know, you got a boyfriend. Uh, so it's all good. Of course, he's just trying to get access to Tom to either be able to kill him or see what he has on fake Reese to get him. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's got his own uh, motives there. Uh, which, of course, just I'm going to point out that we there we go with the Arby's autocorrect again with while I'm typing these notes. <laughs> so, again, in that alternate universe, what does Tom Lockwood know about Arby's? He must know how I can get to Arby's. But, uh, and. <laughs> anyway (laughs) so yeah you mentioned tom lockwood greeting joe as joe which i love how it just spins joe into this mental spiral on the inside Mm -hmm. you know throughout the whole dinner while on the outside he's just trying to be a normal you know boyfriend at the dinner meeting the girlfriend's dad but like inside you can tell he's just broiling. What does he know? How does he know it? How the hell does he know? What does he know? How do I know what he knows? Yes. What is he going to do with what he knows? <laughs> <It's>
1: spiraling, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so then I like when, well, yeah, Kate goes to the bathroom for a little while to uh, think over this museum offer, which I'm sure we'll talk about. That lets Tom get to the real questions for one Joseph Goldberg. Uh, he does believe that Joe killed Love Quinn. He does. I, I don't think he knows it for sure at first. Think he's fishing a little bit. Uh but the more he kind of gets to know Joe, I think he puts things together pretty well. I like that he said don't hurt Kate, or else you'll meet the real me. Which he's honest, at least. He admits mm-hmm. that the nice, loving, generous father act is just that an act that he is capable of a lot of darkness. Uh I think he's really hinting at that there. Uh what I was what was interesting to me is where he says, you know. And this is where I was saying that the episode on first watch was really like pinging me back and forth where I was like, Reese is fake. No, he's real. What's happening? Yeah. is a lot of the things that Tom Lockwood says. He says, bring me something real, Joe, and I'll protect you. And I'm like, protect him from what? Does, does Tom know that Reese is a killer? Is Reese really the killer? And Tom knows things on Reese. Like, it starts making you question all of those things. Uh, of course, after this episode, we know he wasn't. So then you questioning what does Tom actually mean by that protect him from what maybe just protect him from being involved in whatever information he gives Tom. I don't know. It's, you know, see, and then later, of course he has the prospect, you know, the deal for him to kill Reese. And clearly his protection in that case is going to be, I'll make sure that you get away, Scott free again, that nothing will come back to you. You get out from under it. No problems. That's the protection he's offering there. But, uh, so yeah, I I just thought, but it was really interesting how it kept you on your toes through the episode. Like, Mm -hmm. wait, is Reese really? And like, what does Tom know? What is, how does all, how do all these things connect? So it was good at making me question the theory. I I liked that.
1: (laughs) I like it too. And yeah, it, it, it feels like there is another side to Tom Lockwood. So maybe there's some truth to what Kate has said about him. But there's so many things that I'm questioning now. Like, okay, great. We, we were on the nose about this fake Reese that Joe's having these interactions with. Like, Reese exists, but not the one he's interacting with. So, okay, great. Close that door. But now I feel like three more have opened up. <laughs> um, yeah. Because my question for you, now that we know Joe has been having these Interactions with this uh, other side of himself, this other Reese. And Reese did, in fact, exist. He wasn't completely made up in his mind, just a version that he created, um, I guess, to cope with. His other side, and how because I'm thinking, oh, did he was he trying to suppress this side of himself? Because he's just convinced himself, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to be a killer. I'm going to prove to you, Marianne. Right. But mm-hmm. obviously, Joe, Joe cannot suppress that side of himself because he is doing the exact same thing he's always been doing. So now that we know that, it's making me question any interaction that Joe has had where there's not a third party person there right. to. <laughs> <laughs> Witness it because okay, Tom Lockwood is real. We know this. We've seen him and Kate interact, but Kate gets up to leave to go to the bathroom after this uh proposition for this museum. That conversation, did that really happen? Or was it in Joe's head? The same with the what room oh, were they in? Man. Was that his classroom? Was that his office or whatever room that they were in there at the university? Was that real? Um Was that conversation real or is it a version of Tom that Kate has told him like, oh, he's evil and, uh, you know, he's done all of these terrible things. I I I don't know that. And I don't know that I believe that I'm just now I'm like, oh, my God, now I don't know what's real. I don't know what's real anymore in this
2: show. Definitely. Yeah. It makes you question because, yeah, I didn't really even think that far, but I'm like, no, it makes sense. Like, we're going to get. Because one of my little other notes on this, I was like, you know, we see Tom. He writes Reese's address in the extremely rare book, which I was like, ah, no, why? But then, are we going to get like, is that important enough to look back at it? And Joe's gonna be like, oh shit, that's my handwriting. Fuck me, <laughs> you know, like, what is, how far is it gonna go? You know, like,
1: <laughs> that's true. There, there's things that point <laughs> to <laughs> the fact that they're that these, at least that conversation was real. Because I can't believe that any version of Joe if he's imagining that and having this conversation with a fake Tom like I know Tom was there we saw his bodyguard he spoke to his bodyguard his bodyguard like yeah. nodded in agreement to stay back or whatever so they could go into this room and have like a private conversation so I I, I feel like that part is real but I don't feel like any version of Joe's gonna actually write in some rare book yeah. first rare first edition <laughs> book so I'm like eh, maybe that's not right. because I feel like yeah no That would never happen. Joe would be completely aghast at the thought of, but someone like Tom Lockwood, who probably already has a version of that book in his library somewhere or in his vault, or it doesn't mean as much to him because he has so much freaking like FU money that it doesn't mean the same to him as what it does to Joe. So I could totally see him completely disregarding this rare, priceless book and writing mm-hmm. in it so that part leads me to believe like no way this I think maybe really did happen so it's yeah. but it's just interesting because I'm like or is I don't trust those the actions anything. of somebody
2: who is in your mind so despicable and evil to the greatest extent that that's how you person- personify them Now uh, yes. <laughs> go back and forth I don't know yes but um, it makes
1: me question things yeah. now because you know these interactions that, that Joe was having with Reese were no one else was around so how many times has he been alone? And I, I I haven't went back. I don't know. I haven't like Right.
2: The only one that ever bothers me in that case is when he has that conversation with Reese at the bar at Sundry House and they're talking about the book. Yeah. Cuz wasn't there a bartender there or was it an empty bar? I'd have to go back and look. Cuz if there's somebody like trying to serve drinks to them and he's sitting there going like, "Why is this guy fucking talking to himself at this bar? Is it weird? I should say something." That's the only one that makes me like curious about that that maybe that was just kind of a plot hole they missed. I don't
1: I'd <laughs> have to go back and look. I thought there was a bartender there, but I I haven't since we covered it I haven't watched I haven't went back and watched any of the episodes mm-hmm. after we've moved on. But I remember he shared the, the, the Reese he was talking to at the bar. I think he shared his drink with him. I think mm. he poured it into another glass or something. Like instead of having a bartender uh-huh. get him a glass, he like poured it. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I could probably be wrong. Listeners, you can let me know because I probably won't go um, rewatch until we finish the series. Because now I want to now with the information that we have now and whatever we're going to learn in the next three episodes, uh, I, I'd love to go back and kind of see. Yeah. You know, was there something (laughs) that, you know, kind of made it super obvious or was there more foreshadowing that we didn't pick up on or something? But I don't remember. But it does make me question. I'm not I'm not trying to say all of his interactions with with anyone where it was just Joe and this other person uh, were fake. Um, or didn't really happen, but it certainly makes me question because I'm like, yeah, well, now we don't know. And I feel like some of the interactions, it is interesting, though, because it makes you question a lot with his interactions with Tom and these conversations mm-hmm. because they're, they're you know, it's a little
2: it's the spirally. unreliable narrator situation. Mm-hmm. And to where even I'll admit I didn't really it didn't cross my mind with Tom, but I did have a random thought because once you kind of confirm, oh, yeah, all of these interactions with Reese aren't real and there's nobody else there with him. And then there's a knock on his door and Kate comes in and they have a conversation. I was I'm like, is Kate even really there? Is he even in a relationship with Kate? Or is that in his mind? I don't know anymore. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I know it. I- yeah, but if I if if I take Tom at face value. Yes. Uh yeah, where 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 Joe takes him back to this like private room there at the school to to kill him initially, where things take a different turn, I do like again going with the character of Tom Lockwood he is shown to us as not only is he like a business genius, but he's just like psychologically, like he's brilliant. He's smart. Mm-hmm. He can read people. And cause he says he clocked something with Joe at that dinner where he doesn't know exactly what, but the, he brought up the name Reese Montrose and there was a fear that rose in Joe that he was able to like latch on to. And he knows there's something there's a connection between Joe and Reese, mm-hmm. even though there really isn't. But in Joe's mind, there is. Uh, he figures out, he really, he knows that Joe killed love and he knows what Joe is capable of. But it's okay because she was
1: crazy. <laughs> right.
2: But that's why he you know, offers to him, you know, kill Reese and then I'll help you get out from all under it. Uh, unfortunately, Reese is actually innocent. So yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately for him, this evil false version of him lives inside Joe's head. Uh, so Joe has a, Perfectly, uh albeit false, you know, good reason to take that offer from Tom because in Joe's yes. mind, it's just it's this perfect storm that when this offer is given to him, Joe has convinced himself that that Reese is doing horrendous things and needs to be stopped anyway. So it gives him a reason to take that job, take that offer.
1: That is that is correct. Oh, so good! I think that means we'll probably get more Greg Kinnear. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy for that. Um yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm questioning everything now. Um just just <laughs> with the reveal of that. But I do find it interesting because I'm like I guess I didn't fully understand why is it like why would Tom Lockwood want to get rid of like why would he just want to kill him? Like why would he need some is is he just wanting to have something over Joe? I I think that's
2: just the Kate being right about her father. I think that's the proof that we have as the audience that Tom Lockwood really is an evil bastard. That he finds the opportunity. Who's like, oh, my daughter's dating this guy and I dug into him and it turns out he could be a serial killer. Well, I'll use that to my advantage and let him take out my political opponent. (laughs) Right. Because, yeah. what I've got.
1: Right. Because we learned that he is backing. Which, again, how how does... How does Joe know that? Because his this other Reese is the one that told him. Mm-hmm. Is it because he did some digging, like Joe always does? Did did some Probably. digging and <laughs> yeah. found out that Reese's political opponent is being backed financially by Tom Lockwood. Um, and Tom is like, and Tom's like, well, I need you to 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 kill Reese Montrose because he's like stands in 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 the way of. You know, um, of of the person that I'm supporting. Like, is it right. like Tom is backing this person because it gives him like more power? He's got someone right. under his thumb, someone he can control. That's the mayor I don't know of how London. much power
2: the mayor has with
1: yeah, that's financial why,
2: stuff. It's a little. I
1: know. That's why I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out like why. I'm like, that's pretty damn extreme. Like why? Right. You know, and he's like, well, I didn't, you know, this this reveal Of Reese's book being fabricated wasn't to ruin him, it was to get him alone so you could go deal with him. You know, you would have the because that was the whole thing with Joe when he wanted to initially what the last episode or the one before couldn't figure out a way to get him. Like he's always either in public or he's at home, uh, surrounded by cameras. So this gave him the perfect opportunity. So I'm like, You know, is it just for that? Like, does he really have to go to those kinds of extremes? And why Joe? Like, you feel like someone as powerful and as Kate says, as evil as Tom Lockwood. You don't have someone you can just, you know, pick up the bat phone and (laughs) get someone to go take care of this problem for you. And then Reese would have some sort of unfortunate accident. Why does it have to be Joe? Is it just because he is involved with Kate? To have something to hang over his head? Is there something personal in it? I, I don't know. I just, I feel like yeah. I didn't quite understand that. It didn't quite land for me, um, if that's mm-hmm. his true, you know, like motivation. I'm like, why? Why do you? I feel like you you could even fabricate something to tr- really ruin him instead of just make, or, you know, the, the fact of, um, you know, releasing his book being fabricated there's probably other things that you can do to i'm not a political mastermind or strategist by any means so i don't freaking know but i feel like you could leak something to really ruin their chances get them out of the race and then your opponent you know um wins the race or or wins unopposed or something it just seemed like a bit of a stretch like is there something Mm -hmm. in particular that tom is after joe about um but i don't know i i I don't really care because i get Greg in um, yeah, right. <laughs> but just, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to make it make sense, and I didn't quite understand why so extreme, why so hard yeah. um, after Reese, um, and that he he seemed to bring him up before Joe ever did. You know, tell me about yeah. Reese. You know, kind of like he knows something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't know. It, and if and while I'm thinking about how. How did Tom find out about Joe and who he is? And okay, so maybe he's had him followed, investigated. If he's had him followed, you know, like, hey, I want to know about this man that is now in my daughter's inner circle with her and all of her friends. Or this is this new boyfriend she's spending time with and I want to know more about him. He's got someone following him and keeping an eye on him. Is he following him around when Joe's in this fugue state? Or right. Something and, and knows he's up to no good or he knows what he's really up to. And I, I don't know. So, like I said, this opened up about three more boxes for me after we closed <laughs> yeah. like the mystery on 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 this here. That's the thing with this show. you You, you figure out one thing and then they they throw five more things at you. I'm kind of rambling at this point because I'm really just as I'm talking it out. More and more stuff just keeps coming up as I'm thinking. Yeah, oh, well, what Is about that, this was... and what about that? <laughs> so just I don't know. But then what about what? <laughs> I know. But if that
2: happened, then what does this mean? Yeah, I know. I'm Feels all over good the place. At doing that to you. I
1: feel like Charlie <laughs> in it's always sending Philadelphia with the whole charts and the, oh, the lines yeah. <laughs> and the connections and trying to piece it all together. But what does How it mean? Yeah. Uh. Exactly anyway <laughs> um i don't know yeah. where where that landed um was was that your point did i totally just railroad all over what you were saying uh no no you're good. i was done with my point on okay. tom lockwood so then you're kind of adding more to
2: it which is good i think yeah
1: i'm a mile over the place i'm so sorry <laughs> to everyone listening to this um but yeah as, i feel like as i'm talking it out more I just keep having more questions well my next point, um, I want to talk about Nadia. Mm. Uh, first off, girls a goner now, right? So. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah my My <laughs> final note of the entire episode is Nadia finds Marianne. So uh, RIP Nadia, I guess.
1: <laughs> I feel like she has just sealed her fate. Um, so Nadia... I feel like some of this was a little bit of a stretch, uh, mm-hmm. just a little bit. I know that she's smart. I know that she's all into mysteries and whodunits. And, you know, Joe even says, oh, I can't have my smartest student questioning things. You know, he tries to shut her down. Uh, so clearly she's really smart and, and knows her stuff. But I thought some things were a little too easy or on the nose for her. Um, in Mm -hmm. getting to where she did (laughs) but one thing that was really obvious that i thought was kind of funny was when she's in joe's apartment and she finds the book uh the key in the book Mm -hmm. did you see the title of that book
2: yes absolutely (laughs) i think even in a fugue state, Joe has a dark sense of humor. Yes.
1: For anyone that didn't catch it, the book that Nadia found the the hidden key in was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit, yeah, and he's got a torture book, which, you know, I don't know. I like weird things and, you mm-hmm. know, interesting things to read about. So I don't know if that essentially puts you right maybe when you put all the pieces together in in joe and his behavior if you know if if we didn't know him someone like nadia i don't know that would put that together but i didn't find it that odd but anyway she she certainly thought it was something um so nadia let's go over a couple of things so she managed to get access to that art party uh, that Kate had thrown and, mm-hmm. you know, who has all the security around, but she managed to somehow get in there. I don't still can't figure out how her and um, what's his name ended up in that Edward, party, I think. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. He's so I
2: think that's what I have him as in my notes. So if I'm wrong, then. I. That's. I'm what taking his your name is not for me. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't even have his name, and don't even remember it. So the poor guy is just kind of forgettable in in, mm-hmm. in a sense for me. So, you know, so that was one thing that she gets. That's where because that's where she first gets her little glimmer of you know Joe is Joe assess Jonathan assess. Um, she suddenly has a turn where I feel like she's really like enjoying conversations that she has with Joe um, about the whodunits and you know, her story and how he helped her with this letter and stuff from Malcolm. And now all of a sudden she's having doubts about him. Um, so I thought that was a little, a little bit of a quick turn. Um, and then when she feels so strongly in her her feelings about that there's something off with him that she goes um, all the way to his apartment to break in, which look, that's, that's pretty serious, you know, to be breaking into someone's place. Um, You know, in, in my opinion, that's pretty illegal uh, to, to, to do, especially again with all the cameras and and things um, that people either have personally in their apartments or that are outside your building or whatever. So pretty strong to, to just like, the few suspicions that she has to just break into his apartment and then just having to know the person who can unlock the door. This, I don't know if he's like a super or whoever he is that is like, Oh sure. I'll let you in. That seems a little weird. That Yeah. I felt, my my assumption
2: on that was because she says, give my love to uncle Dave or whatever. So I was like, Oh, is she, it's her cousin. Is he like a locksmith or something?
1: Oh yeah. I like, don't know. I, I, I didn't quite, understand who who, who yeah, mm-hmm. locksmithers is someone who runs the building that happens to have an extra key. I don't know. But I thought, oh, that's convenient.
2: Um
1: <laughs> out of all the books that Joe has in his apartment, she happens to find the right one. Right. Um that fella's um dad, I can't again this boy that she's dating, um <laughs> just happens to conveniently get these unreleased pictures and sends them to her. Um And then, these pictures, they're all so random. Like, Mm -hmm. she sees pictures of him going to this um, takeout restaurant, which is the one that we see him and Kate um, go by when they're out on their walking date. And you you see that, and you're like, oh, oh, I need to go check that out. That must be where he's doing all these (laughs) suspicious things. mm -hmm. Isn't that... (laughs) Just it okay, so we know Joe does these things. We know Joe is yeah. sus. But just anyone off the street who has zero knowledge of who Joe is, just that's enough information for you to go, I need to go check that out. He's seen at this restaurant all the time. So it it seemed a little bit of a stretch.
2: What kind of person has a favorite restaurant? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but but and and I yeah that that was a stretch for me just a bit of a stretch there like there's some like
2: bit of a stre- Sherlock I, I'm, Holmes I'm sore after that kind yeah. of level of, uh, I yeah I need a yoga master to teach me how to do those kind of stretches
1: very very well said <sighs> sir yeah this is like Sherlock Holmes plus uh, level yeah. of deduction that she's that she's come to although. There was a little bit of, this is in one of my notes. Um, There was a little bit of foreshadowing earlier uh, because when Joe and Kate are off on their little date walk and they're talking about that restaurant and she's like, oh, this is subpar at best. And she's like, you know, how did you even find this place? You know, that's what around the corner from this, what abandoned bomb shelter. And when they, they did a really quick snap of the front of the building and i knew i was like Mm -hmm. there's something why would they bother to show that why would they bother to make a point about it to call it out and to to even show it to us why even though it was for a very split second so i was like there's something about that building i hadn't even fathomed that marianne was there but i was like there's something that's important for some reason and then in that next beat joe says Well, what can I say? I'm a creature of habit. Mm
0: -hmm. And I was
1: like, "Oh, what does that mean? In my second watch, it made sense because I'm like, okay, so they're, yeah, we do know Joe is a creature of habit. After all the seasons that we've seen, he is definitely a creature of habit. Um, so yeah, he's going there to this restaurant because he's in that area all the time and either he just really does like the food, you know, and because, and he's there. So he gets it while he's there. It doesn't sound like it's close to his apartment. So I don't know if, if Naughty is like, why would he go all the way here for a, cr-? because Kate said it's a crappy, it was crappy food. Like, this is the best Indian food that you could find in London. You know, there's way better places. Does Nadia know that? Does Nadia know that it's a crappy restaurant? Would she she be like, why would he go out of his way? It's nowhere near his apartment for some crappy Indian food. Or is it just because he's pictured here, like the pictures that she was sent, he's pictured going here all the time and knowing that someone who's suspicious would be a creature of habit? In a whodunit. So why are they always there? Is there something about being in that area that made her? I'm just I'm trying to make it make sense yeah. The how she got there, because I feel like they didn't do a very good job of, of helping us get there. No, <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like you probably have some things that you want to say. I don't know what else to say about that other than it just seemed really hard f- for me to understand how she got there. Uh, we know these things, but she wouldn't know these things, you know? So, um, but yeah, other than, yeah, I, she, she's, she's a dead girl now. (laughs) RIP to Nadia uh, because Uh she, she's something bad's going to happen. So do you have some thoughts about that? Oh yeah. I think it's
2: funny (laughs) the way you're like, I think you have, because again, for the listeners, just, just audio only, it probably doesn't come across, but I'm sure you can see my face the whole time you're going through your points. Like, there's something in my head.
1: <laughs> yep, I can tell there's something like, bubbling on the surface there for you.
2: Yeah, uh, so yeah, so that's definitely one of my points is, uh, and you were a lot nicer than I was, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I titled the point, Nadia, in the case of the bad writing. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this is the point you mentioned that you yeah like you have uh-huh. an issue. <laughs>
2: Yeah, let's hear. This, it. this was my biggest issue, which I wanted to talk about Nadia and some of the other stuff too. Uh that she's been working on this theory that Dawn's not actually the killer. She's suspicious suspicious of Professor Jonathan Moore. I don't really fully buy the Nadia stuff. It was already it's kind of weak to me, but I was like, I'll allow it to get the story where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Like again, I wasn't sure why she'd be so suspicious of him, other than just her own you know, big fandom of the who it thing and she just can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did love her, you know, those kind of the funny, there's double funny things in that one thing she says to, again, I'm assuming his name is Edward. Uh, maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> You're probably uh, right. You're right. It's just, yeah. He's, yeah. He's which, you
2: yeah, know, he's thinking, you know, wouldn't the suspect being an erotomaniac be a little too obvious? A better twist would be a mild-mannered average Joe. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, the the Joe thing it's it's funny mm-hmm. uh but also her going with the erotomania is too obvious when in reality it actually is the case just a different person with the condition mm-hmm. uh, which I think is kind of fun uh which Edward as now you've made me question if that's his name uh the the bad joke who is you, you could shag him was like it's it's a little crass anyway but also with her history with Malcolm and all of that it's just Bad choice of words, my dude. You really stepped in it.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, but she's just really digging and digging more than should be normal. Like She's a little off herself as much as she's digging, I feel. But she tries to do that. She goes to his office and tries, you know, he tries to throw her off his scent by seeming kind of like really busy. But also, you know, he criticizes her work. Uh, However, I think that whole interaction only made her more suspicious because he was avoiding anything Sundry House and Eat the Rich Killer related. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he lies to her about reading her story. Because even though it's not spelled out directly for you, they don't say it. It's a trope that I've seen many, many times to where I recognize it when I see it is she throws out fake information about her story. As bait and then he bites, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> this Mir- you understood why Miranda left home or whatever. Like there, that wasn't in the story at all. Right. It was her just to s- try to see if he was lying and he clearly was, which makes her think he's hiding more. But then how she goes from that to like, well, the next step is clearly break into his house.
0: <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> it's a little, little much, but uh, she's doing all the things that get you killed in this show. So, you know. Mm hmm. I guess that's what she's trying to do. uh, So yeah, so the major part that you talked about that I'm really not fond of because it is this series of too many coincidences and stretches to get Nadia from the flat to seeing Marianne in the box. It's just, you know, the key in the book. Again, I will appreciate the humor of it being in (laughs) Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. (laughs) That's fun. But the fact that, yeah, she's searching... But and she finds the key in the first place is a big coincidence, number one. And then like just immediately then gets the photos from Don's flat where, yeah, she sees the bag, the takeout bag. She's able to zoom in on photos on the wall and be like, oh, that's from Tandoori Tradition, the Indian restaurant. OK, let me go. I'm, I'm going to decide that that restaurant has any relevance whatsoever. And I'm going to go there and. Then I'm going to wander around, and then for some reason, this abandoned, taped-off doorway is going to mean anything to me. And so, like, why would anyone make those connections? Why would, you know, again, we know the things we know about Joe. But as you said, just some random person, why would they go, Indian restaurant? Taped-off doorway a block away. Clearly something going on. I've come to expect more from this show and it's writing and and this was absolutely very lazy to me and it was sad it made me sad how lazy this was where i was like oh come on you you can do much better than this (laughs) like i know you've shown me that you can do much better than this and yeah and she goes you know the putting the two and two together where she ends up going down this abandoned staircase behind the abandoned building and finding a door with a lock on it that just so happens to be the key that she found hidden in the book at Joe's apartment. It's like suspension of disbelief. No, I'm, I'm suspending rage right now at the sheer Impossibility <laughs> of this whole situation. Like I, I <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. So this was the part that really, I just could not buy into. I'm like, you couldn't come up with something better to get her from point A to point B. Cause I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm it's, glad this show has done some crazy things but they've found a way to make it relatively make sense but with this one I'm like yeah no I'm not sold I can't I can't make these connections it's just too farfetched for somebody who doesn't know him that way like at
1: all <laughs> agreed well I'm, I'm glad I wasn't alone in my feelings uh, you know trying to figure out how she could have gotten from point a to point b it's or c and we just totally skipped over b you know um mm-hmm. it, yeah it, she got there so quickly and so i'm like i know nadia is supposed to be smart but i just don't feel like she could have really gotten there so quickly or on her own and yeah and i don't know if i've and you were right by the way it, it his character's name is edward i looked it up really quick oh, nice. um so kudos <laughs> um, but so He gets the pictures from his dad. I know his dad's like a journalist who works for this paper or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm clear on why they have all of these pictures of Joe. Are they just following all of the people in this group or something? Or was it because they were suspicious of Joe for just a tiny, tiny little. Well,
2: they said that he said that these were taken in the Eat the Rich Killer's apartment or the flat. So that would mean Don had been taking pictures of Joe and then. Posting them and then putting them up on her wall. So she okay, I missed that detail. was suspicious of him. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. And that makes sense because we know that she seemed to pop up a lot wherever Joe was. But it is yeah. still weird. Like, why did you care about him when your obsession was Phoebe? So, yeah. Because then we find out with weird. these
2: pictures with the Indian food and stuff that like she was just following Joe also on this like obsessive whim.
1: And if she was following Joe and being a, kind of obsessed with Joe because what he's around Phoebe, spending time with Phoebe, so she's like, "Well, I'm going to find out about you because I'm suspicious of you because I've searched on you because she's told Phoebe, mm-hmm. I, "Hey, there's no information on this guy. You can't find any history on any Jonathan Moore. He doesn't exist or whatever." Um so if she's following Joe around and gets pictures of him around this Indian restaurant, which we know is just right across the street or cat a corner from this abandoned building why didn't she get any pictures of him coming from in and out of the building i know that's what i was was like (laughs) why is that not
2: in a picture the the problems that i just bitched about (laughs) like you could like take care quell that for me by literally all they needed to do was have nadia from the picture of like oh look he's carrying that indian food bag and then the next picture she looks at is him with that bag opening that door and walking inside yeah immediately okay that's weird let
1: me go check that out or that's all you need to do or (laughs) even and i didn't she was scrolling through the pictures really quick or why not even have the picture in the background or the foreground of or something with you know in in a Mm -hmm. picture with joe even if he's not coming to and fro he's in front of it walking past Mm it or yeah like you said carrying food to it because he's taking food to marianne Mm -hmm. um it it you like I said, you got to cross some tape. It's not a super easy, just walk in and out kind of door. You, it takes a, a minute to get there. Um, so if you're following him, you're you're not also hovering around to see him come and go, and you don't think that's a little weird. Like, why would you be coming right. and going from some abandoned building? That seems worth taking a picture of. So I, I would have would have uh, appreciated had they had pictures of. Okay, fine. Get pictures of him coming and going with carryout bags from this restaurant. But then maybe having a picture of him like standing in front of the building and like looking around, like, "Oh, is anyone like watching me or or right. coming and going Something. from it?" <laughs> Something to tie this together because I just don't see how she got there from those pictures, and and just starts randomly walking around the area of where this restaurant is located. To then be like, oh, there's a suspicious building. I need to go explore because he probably has someone in a cage
2: down there. Maybe I'll I'll put my faith back in the writers of this show and maybe they did have a picture of him going inside or in front of that door. And then now maybe I'll just blame an editor that took it out of the episode. I don't know. but like,
1: I need an explanation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I need something. (laughs) It was too much of a leap. I needed just a little bit more something to connect connect that and how she could get there Mm -hmm. because sorry i just don't see anyone um that doesn't know joe like we know him and have the information that we have get there okay well glad i was Likes
2: this indian restaurant clearly he's going into this abandoned building What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i know i've had taken some stretches before in in my thought process (laughs) but geez um I hundred percent ag- agree with you. Um, I'm glad we are kind of on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my point. Your point. Did you have mm-hmm. you? Do you have another point left? Because I think all I have I've got are a few one notes. more. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just the uh, John and Kate plus trauma. <laughs> Using that joke again. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh- <laughs> But let to talk about Kate mainly, but then, you know, a little bit of their relationship as well. Uh, I still love that Kate calls him out for zoning out and always being in his head. I love that she does that every time yeah. still. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, when they're talking about going to dinner with, with Tom, why he referred to himself as Kate's fake boyfriend. Unless it was just like a weird, strange joke. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It was kind of weird. Like, then
2: you can bring your fake boyfriend to impress him. It's like. But you're legitimately dating, <laughs>
1: like yeah, aren't you nothing... the boyfriend.
2: I... <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But okay, um, but I like that we got more about Kate. We learned that she really does have like a great heart, mostly, because uh, <laughs> we also do learn of this major flaw or terrible mistake that you know she made, uh, which maybe is a big cause of her string of generosity and good deeds. Kind of after. She's tried so hard to kind of make her own way and tortured herself a lot about the mistakes she made. But even before that, I mean, as a little girl, we hear that she wants to do good, like, you know, trying to adopt off every pit bull that needs love, which is great. Damn you, Barbara Streisand, for not taking that talk now. Yeah,
1: that's a problem.
2: <clears throat> uh, but then we see Tom's big game for the night. Uh, win her back over by giving her an entire museum in New York City. The Kate Lockwood Museum, although I doubt she's a fan of that name. (laughs) Joe tells her later, oh, I know it's too good to be true. And she's like, no, that's the problem is it's not. He means it and it's real and it is my dream and he will give it to me. And it leads her in this moral conundrum of, you know, she's been trying to choose to distance herself from her father and taking this from him is such a huge connection. But it's exactly what she wants, which then I like that Joe tells her. If he she wants to take the museum offer, he's not going to hold it against her. That she can do great things with it, and it's what she does that matters. And I think this was the first thing that Joe had said to Kate this entire episode that he didn't have any form of ulterior motive at all. That he genuinely just meant it. Because everything else about the dinner and everything, it was all him trying to. How do I get to Tom But how do I get access to this? What do I need to know about Reese? What do I? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, he's just like. Him and Kate, where he's really seeing her and telling her what I think he genuinely means of I'm not gonna judge you if you take that museum. Do what you need to do with it. I'm not gonna judge you for taking an offer from your father. I know what it is you're going through. Uh but then that's when she shows back up later, which now I'm like, did she? But uh- <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm sitting here I- <laughs> thinking, was it Kate? <laughs> is he having more conversations with himself?
2: I don't know anymore anything anymore at all but uh yeah she goes over there and kind of decides that if they really are making things serious moving in a serious direction in the relationship that she has to be honest on what it is that she's been so ashamed of this past that she keeps referring to that we're like you're not a serial killer so what past are you worried about Mm -hmm. uh and you know she's kind of feeling that like This past keeps haunting her and she's like, it's going to make it to where we can't actually be together like we wanted to. It's not something that I can just put on the back burner. And she reveals that this whole kids getting cancer and then pushing that under the rug to get a pipeline pushed through anyway was not Tom Lockwood, as she said that it was. But that was her doing that, you know, as her father's prodigy, it was something she did at his company to show how capable and ruthless she could be, get business done. And she even says that she had no remorse for it. She's still capable of doing those things, but I, I don't think that's true. I think she's she's being hard on herself and does regret it. And I think she's hating herself for it, and that's why she left. So it's interesting to like because I'm like she's. We know all these things. Like she left her father's company. She's distancing herself from him, and all these things is because she has remorse. So and it is weird for her to be like, and I felt nothing about it, and I still don't. And I just like. But clearly you do. Like You're trying to fool yourself into thinking you're a worse person than you are. Or are there other motives? I, I don't know. Um, but from what I see, it's like, no, clearly you hold it against yourself. And that's why you've done everything on your own to try to make amends in your own way. You're doing good.
1: Like she could see. And trying to stay just. Like she got so far in what she calls worse than Tom Lockwood, that that's yeah. what made her break from the company mm-hmm. is what it sounds like.
2: Yeah. It's like, well then clearly you would have to understand that it was wrong and feel bad about it mm-hmm. in order for you to do that. Cause
1: if she really didn't you feel really bad, feel like, then why didn't yeah. she just stay? And yeah, keep yeah, doing then we what she's just doing. Continue to do more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so it but it was interesting how she at that conversation we see. I mean, she was ready to just end things to, to break up with Joe and be done. But then he convinces her that they have second chances. They're not who they used to be. And she believes him and they kind of further their love, which is kind of really tragic because he legitimately believes the words he's saying to her, truthfully thinking he's a changed man where he doesn't even know what he's been doing (laughs) at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, man. Yeah. And then the last little note on that is we do see the last thing we see of her before Adam and Phoebe come back in and just wreck her Uh, is she returns home and sees the museum model there again and it's left there in her living room and instead on of the Lockwood siri i'm not talking to you <laughs> she returns home she sees the museum model there left in her living room but instead of lockwood museum like it was at the restaurant this time it says the galvin museum on it and that's just one more- and then there's a little note from her dad saying you know you deserve this and it's like Man, that's a big part, and I think it's going to be almost impossible for her to say no at this point, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. I mean, he even changed the name on it to Galvin, so he is, at least unless people do some digging and know who she is and know the connection, there's no Lockwood name on it. It is it is her thing, so I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go. I'm interested, though.
1: <laughs> I don't know either, but I thought it was really interesting, the reveal uh, that she was the one. That, you know, yeah. had pushed for the pipeline and, you know, essentially caused cancer uh, in the children, which she had blamed her father for, which maybe she was essentially blaming her father for because his influence is maybe what turned her in yeah. into that kind of behavior or that kind of person until she realized, I don't want to be that person. So she, you know, yeah, broke away. But um, what I thought was interesting was Joe's. Uh, reaction to that because I feel like every time a love interest of his tips off that pedestal that he puts them on he turns on them you know Mm -hmm. he, he did it which the difference here is Kate is seems to be anyway a true love interest and not an obsession right for him like Beck or love was
2: Yeah, which I thought was interesting because as much as he is like really falling in love with Kate, you still see the choices he makes in this episode. And he even says it in like his voiceover. He was just like, you know, killing Tom Lockwood is going to be do terrible things to Kate. It's going to, you know, could do irreparable damage. It's like, but Marion's in danger, so I have to do it for her. Like he still has that
1: there. Yeah. (laughs) He still has this other side of him that we know has been there all along this obsessed obsession with Marianne Mm -hmm. that he's always had but yet this other version of himself is falling for Kate so but I thought it was interesting because instead of 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 being upset with Kate that she's not this perfect person or good-hearted person because he it's what he's told her so many times is I see you I see your heart I see the good that you're trying to do I believe the good things that you're trying to do you're not like these other uh rich friends you know that you hang out with so I was really waiting for him and maybe still once he comes to terms maybe or whatever with his other side uh, who knows um, maybe Kate will will get out of this uh without harm coming to her but i just thought it was interesting because usually his reaction to you know his love interest not being that perfect person that he perceives them to be which none of them really are we know that but that's how joe Mm -hmm. thinks of them he can't see beyond anything else but as soon as he does see it that they're not that perfect person he immediately turns on them you know uh so i'm like oh he didn't do that with kate or at least not right now he hasn't done that with kate and he instead blames tom mm-hmm. um but i don't know that it bodes well because i feel like he needs tom especially now that he's killed the real reese montrose he needs <laughs> tom uh he he's he would i don't know smart but i feel like it's put him in position to accept tom's offer like yeah. yep, I did this and uh, now I need some help to get it cleaned up or for you to like wipe uh, all all my dirty deeds away and make them non-existent, which is appears what Tom Lockwood knows how to do because when he was doing his Google search, it was only like good things that were coming up. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah it's funny everything redirected to do, do you mean charity yeah.
1: <laughs> right did you mean this did you mean this good thing that tom lockwood has done yeah. <laughs> forget all this bad stuff so if tom lockwood is actually really capable of making all of that go away tom or um joe would actually need tom however yeah. i could see where he would then turn on tom and say you did this to kate you know you yeah. are a monster you've done these terrible things and you've, you've made kate feel this way about herself like you've made her feel bad about herself you you made her commit this act by turning her into this you know person or whatever so i could see where he would also turn on tom and it may not bode well for tom that's why whenever i made the comment earlier like someone i feel like he might also have it out for maybe tom you know Mm -hmm. too um just based on that i i don't know that or anything but i'm just thinking of now that so many of these things um are known and so many variables uh now and all these questions out there now. Um I'm curious. Um uh, but yeah, interesting reveal there about Kate. So still not a serial killer though. Yeah. Um any notes?
2: No, I have no other notes. These have- are everything I had fit. Into the points, so
1: it was, it was a good
2: good note taking experience. So I was like, hey, everything fit where I needed it to.
1: Every, yeah, everything <laughs> just kind of flowed in in this episode. um I tell you a- again, just Greg Kinnear being an absolute freaking joy to have in this. He <laughs> just one of the reasons I love him so much. The scene with him and Joe after he writes in that rare book and he tosses it at Joe and says, "Go be your best self." Oh my
0: god! <laughs> Isn't
1: that like the best line ever? It um, is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. One of the best, I think, scenes we've had uh, all season. Um, just perfect. Um, so great, great line, great scene, great delivery by Greg Kinnear. Um, dude can do no wrong in my eyes. Sorry, right. just I'm I'm in love with him. I I thought it was um, interesting and maybe a little meta when Kate was describing her fantasy to Joe and she says that she wishes that they could escape to a different city every year. I'm like, that's what Joe does. <laughs> Joe already <Right>. does <laughs> <laughs> New York, LA, Madre Linda, Paris, London. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he is a step ahead of you, Kate. He, yeah. he can, he can. He's like, oh, I, I know how to do that. He can school yeah. you on that. Like he can school you on hiding a dead body. um what one point that i had or a note was you know thinking about nadia going off on her own uh she's suspicious of joe right so um and she's doing all of this alone i just can i just say if you're going to go off and investigate someone that you think could be a, a a murderer uh, or has someone that's done terrible things and you're just going to go out on your own and do all these things. How about, um, I don't know, let someone know where you're going to be. Buddy system. Drop a pin. Share your location. <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought.
2: Um, yeah. That would be, be
0: helpful.
1: I want to let people know where, where you are, where you're going. Um, did I hear when Joe and Kate are on their date? Did I hear him mention or Kate mention that he has a rare book? Does he own a rare bookstore in London?
2: No, I, I think that conversation was, they probably had conversations of that's what Joe wants to do.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Because they, they were, they it, it was a conversation where they were like planning like their, fantasizing
1: their fantasy doing... future. Okay. Yeah, because she was
2: like, is this, is our, this new our neighborhood?
1: neighborhood? Okay, okay, okay. Should
2: we go ahead and buy a house? And then he was like, well, I don't know because it's far away from your thriving art gallery. It's like yeah, but it's closer to the uh, to the university, and your thriving your 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 rare bookstore, which is somehow thriving also. It's like yeah, and then we use that money for charity for orphans to teach them to.
1: That makes so much uh, more read and
2: do art and yeah.
1: Okay, thank you for clearing that up for me because.
2: But that's why when I first saw that abandoned building, I thought the reason that in the first watch why they showed it. Was I was like, oh, is that the place that Joe said he wants to try to build a bookstore or something? Like maybe that's the uh, place he wants to refurbish or something. I, so perfect- I thought maybe that was the importance of it, but no.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, now that you remind me of the context of yeah. they're talking about their uh, oh, our normal little life and yeah. within distancing, we're seeing this now. Okay, because well, because you know the 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 art thing for her is is real. So I guess I just wasn't quite following, but okay. Okay yeah. cuz I'm like wait what? He owns a frickin'... <laughs> <laughs> Oi.
2: It's like yeah, this is like the one season he doesn't <laughs> run a bookstore in some fashion. Exa- uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: or, or yeah, trying to work with with books like, cuz he worked at the library in Marjorie yeah. Um he did he it wasn't a rare bookstore, but it was like the book section of the 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 grocery. Of, yeah. Um, in season 2 and then of course the bookstore in New York. So, okay. Yeah. Oi um and then one little bit of foreshadowing again that um in in this episode uh when Reese the other version of Reese that he was having this conversation with um he told Joe about the real Reese Montrose I want his balls in a nice little package <laughs> and then what did Joe do zip tied the dude's balls yeah Sorry for all the mm, try not to, anyone out there that has balls because <laughs> that must have been yeah, painful. Um,
2: I don't want to think about it. I don't want to relive
1: it. I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I wasn't quite clear on what he was doing. I was like, "Is he wearing pants?" I don't think he's wearing pants. And then, he's what is not. he doing? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I didn't need the visual, but I was just like, "I'm not clear." And then I think I got to be really <sighs> clear. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I just I thought, oh, he he was putting Reese's balls in a little package
2: and i was like did he get that out of the like torture book or i think he did that feels that feels like something more you'd read out of like like something for like farming and ranching because that's definitely just kind of like a uh
1: isn't that how you you castrate bulls yeah that's how
2: you castrate bulls and stuff is with like tighten up zip tie kind of thing where you just kind of let it
1: that sounds- cut off
2: circulation and it falls off on its own that I don't know why I need to say that information why I know it and why I need to share it but yeah
1: well for anyone that's <laughs> grown up on a farm. I have family ranch, who are like and, ranchers and farmers. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know these things. That's why you know those things. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to uh, start following you around, Paige, and looking at suspicious <laughs> photos of you because
2: you've now thrown me. You eat at this Thai restaurant way too often. There's definitely an abandoned building nearby somewhere, right? Yeah. You, there's got to be. <laughs> it's okay.
1: I'm not going to start um, connecting some more uh. dots. On why you know that information, I'm assuming it's because <laughs> of that. He must have gotten that out of the torture book that Nadia yeah. found. I guess I can't say I've ever heard of that kind of torture, but mm-hmm. it sounds like torture. I don't have balls, but yeah, um, sounds pretty awful. um But yeah, I thought that was a bit of foreshadowing there when he's, you know, I want his balls in a nice little package, and then that's kind of ends up what he's doing. So it's another little kind of. That foreshadowing. Um, I think. Sorry, just looking at my at my notes. I think that was it. I thought it. There was definitely, I think, an issue like we talked about with Nadia. But I think all in all, a really great episode. So I'm I'm pleased. And honestly, um, the presence of Greg near is enough for me to kind of forgive some of that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, some of that will even out a little bit. You know, and we've got yes. three more episodes to go. Um. So hopefully. They won't. I don't know. Maybe the writers back themselves into a little bit of a corner or something. There, I'm not really sure. But you know, at, at least we got the reveal. I really thought that Joe killed Marianne because I thought that that would have been the thing that like broke him into yeah. this. You know, like he's hallucinating and imagining this other version of Reese. Um, you know, because I was like, oh my gosh, he must have killed her, and, and he he said he was going to change, but this this really like ah. Uh, Threw him over the edge. So I'm glad she's alive, number one. You know, I'll say that because I certainly didn't want her to be dead. So I'm happy to see her alive, even though she's not in the best of circumstances. Um, and it was really great to see the best character out of the series return. And that was a glass cage itself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And where do these things come from? Are they on Amazon or something?
2: <laughs> yeah, build a cage. Yeah, you can build a cage. Bit. From IKEA. <laughs> I mean,
1: how does this keep popping up? And how did he get it in this building? Oh my gosh!
2: You buy it at uh, IKEA. It's named like Prison Box. <laughs> and it's got like a weird like <laughs> umlaut in there
1: somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> He's just wheeling it on in there. <laughs> like, yeah. how does this keep popping up? I mean, I love it. I love it because it's so outrageous. But I'm just uh-huh. like, really. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have a season without it. So I'm I'm happy yep. it's back. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch the next episode. I, I mean, they definitely left us there on that cliffhanger, so I can't wait. Yeah,
2: um, and I just want the first, like, 20 seconds of the next episode to be Marianne being like, how did you find me? And she's like, well, I saw these photos of the Indian building? place. And then this next photo, see, like, he's carrying it into this building. And so that's yeah. how I knew to come here. Just do that for me, yeah. please guys. And I will be,
1: <laughs> you have time. We haven't watched it yet. Uh, so you've, you've got time to make that quick addition and, and uh, insert it into this episode right before you watch yeah. it to save this, <laughs> save this for us. <laughs> that's brilliant. All right. Well, I think that's a good, good place to leave it so far um, this week um, until, until the next one. So uh, I'm, Really excited to see what our listeners have to say, because uh, I bet y'all have yeah. some thoughts about this week. So why don't you take that first one for us?
2: All right. First one comes from Melissa Cipolla. It says, well, at least we know we were right about Reese being a part of Joe's subconscious. Too bad it took Joe killing the real Reese to realize what he'd been doing. I wonder if Tom Lockwood knows he is Joe or if that was also part of the delusion. Crossing my fingers that Marianne and Nadia make it out of this season a lot.
1: I don't have high hopes for Nadia, for sure, Uh, but we'll see. Thanks, Melissa. Don Elizabeth says, holy cow, Tom Lockwood knows who Joe really is. Or is this part of Joe's delusion? He seems to have a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) So Reese isn't real, but Marianne is really locked up. It has to be by Joe, right? Nadia is in danger and is perhaps the most real person on the show. This episode did have me on the edge of my seat a few times. Can't wait for the next one.
2: All right. And then this one comes from Alma Contreras. Kate most definitely has grown on me. I chuckled when Joe said, I hope I don't have to kill her father. Nadia is being kind of annoying, but she does seem to be the only smart person in this season. Wait, so Kate's father knows Joe's real identity? Well, he's going on the chopping block for sure. (laughs) but wait how in the hell does kate's father know about joe hopefully that question will be answered soon can't wait to hear y'all's theories because i'm all over the place and i can't put my finger on anything
1: i know i'm i'm all over the place too thanks alma sydney Seidel says joe how do you accidentally kill reese I like it when you're in control of the situation. You being unhinged is making me unhinged. Get it together. Plan and execute. Good <laughs> bit of advice there, Sydney. Yeah.
2: And we have an email from Penny. It says, I'm practically yelling at my TV. Joe, in what universe does Tom Lockwood not already know all about you? He probably has copies of the police reports for Madre Linda, your original birth certificate and passport. The names of all your students, your medical records, and DNA samples. <laughs> Don't meet the man. Then Greg Kinnear leans in and calls him Joe, and I remember that if TV characters took my advice and avoided danger all the time, we wouldn't have anything to watch. <laughs> I'm pretty scared for Nadia at this point, and poor Marianne. I didn't fully believe he let her go, but somehow this scenario never occurred to me. It should have, since it's one of Joe's classics. I really am strange indeed, indeed. Cheers, Penny. <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> great, Penny. I know if 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 Joe listened to us, you're right. We wouldn't have all this great entertainment. It's awesome. Thanks for writing in. All right. We did get some voice messages this week. I can't wait to dig into those. Uh let's see. First one we have is from Jody. Let's see what she has to say.
3: Hi, Rima and Paik, Jodi from Canberra, Australia here. Uh, I'm here to talk to you about You, Season 4, Episode 7. And as I'm sure you understand now, the end of this episode was my first absolute screech of what the everlasting fuck is going on here. Of course, it happened when Nadia found Marion in that cage, and I'm really lucky my cat didn't take me out. But this episode turned (laughs) everything on its head from cool, kind of fun, whodunit, to WTF. This is the moment where I realized Rima and Gail were right. You ladies called it on episode fucking two. You're both amazing. (laughs) I was fully taking everything at face value until this episode. Just a few other thoughts about this episode. Joe killing Reese. I can only imagine that's exactly how he killed Beck, except he would have been screaming, why don't you love me into her face as she died with his hands around her throat. Uh, Adam and Phoebe. Adam has moved from bumbling idiot to American asshole to active abuser. He denies Phoebe the treatment she needs for her PTSD. He knows she's vulnerable and he's deliberately taking advantage of that. He's started driving a wedge between Phoebe and Kate because he knows Kate is trying to help Phoebe. And if she does that, there's no way he'll get Phoebe's money. It's, it's disgusting to watch. Joe and Kate. I think this episode shows us they're both running from who they really are. They both really want to be good people, but neither of them actually are. I still don't see any chemistry between the two of them, but I'm starting to think they are the same kind of people. They'll do what they need to do to get what they want. So far, Kate's only done that at a distance by signing pieces of paper that will ultimately kill people so she can make money while Joe gets his hands dirty. But I do think they are as bad as each other. And finally, I have three like flippant little thoughts on this episode that I has as i had as I was doing the rewatch um First off, I love that at the beginning of the episode when Joe opens the door to Reese, he's wearing slippers like he's he's tu- it's touches like that that really make me sympathetic to Joe, which is weird. He's confronting a potential psychopath in his slippers um secondly, when Joe and Tom Lockwood were at the university, Tom disrespected a really old book. There's no way Joe is not killing him and that museum design totally looks like a tooth. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I
1: didn't even catch that That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, that was so great Jody. Yeah. I and I'm with you. I just I, I don't I don't hate Kate as much as what I initially did, but uh I I'm not getting the the chemistry between those two. Still having a problem with that, but mm-hmm. that was really fantastic. Thanks so much for your feedback. Um let's see. Next voice message we have is from Gail. Let's see what she has to say.
4: Hi Rima and Pike. Well, I called it in episode two, as did Rima. And we stuck to our guns despite the spaghetti cannons flattering every wall floor, and level surface with distractions. Reese is an altar of Joe. Joe was losing time and killing the victims. And the writers made an overt Jekyll and Hyde reveal. Did you see it? The key to Marianne's murder cage was literally inside a copy of the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Two more predictions are outstanding. I've been saying since episode two that there is more to Phoebe and also suggested that Love Quinn is somehow involved in all of this. Having netted 3 out of 5 in this episode, I'm very curious to see how the rest of the season will turn out. Okay, Good Man, Cruel World. This episode riffs off of Reese's book, Good Man in a Cruel World. Based on this title, it seems like the book is written by a responsibility-avoidant narcissist celebrating the cult of victimhood. I am a good person. I don't deserve anything that has happened to me. The world is a cruel place and all of my actions, lying, stealing, manipulation, violence, are justified. Anything bad I have done is the inevitable response to the cruelty of the world and not a reflection of my attitudes, character, and choices. We have seen Joe spin multiple variations of this mantra for four seasons. He so wants it to be true and to see himself as a nice guy that he literally breaks his brain when his efforts at self-justification finally fail. It's pretty clear why Joe felt such an instant connection to Reese that was strong enough to produce a delusion of a complicated cat and mouse relationship between them. When Tom Lockwood butters Joe up to get him to kill Reese, it is telling that he says, You seem like a nice guy, thoughtful, caring, and I think you did kill Love Quinn. It's okay. She seemed like a maniac. Game recognized game. Tom has made an entire career of understanding exactly who people are and then pushing the right bells and levers to manipulate them to his own purposes. He appeals to the fiction Joe is clinging to about himself by assuring Joe that his murder was entirely justified. But he also tells Joe what will happen if Joe hurts Kate in any way, which tells us, the audience, that he may sling the BS but he's not buying options on it. By the end, Joe isn't able to buy it anymore either. He finally realized who what Al Reese is, what he has done to Marianne, and that he is indeed a killer as he stares into Reese's dead, dead eyes. What, if anything, will this change? Delusions are very hard to break, and when they do break, they often reform under the blanket of complete denial. Assuming the delusion is broken, Joe will now be aware of and have to contend with understanding how mentally ill he is, the string of dead bodies, his caged you, Nadia finding the murder cage, his relationship with Kate, and the machinations of Kate's father. It strains the suspension of disbelief that Joe is coming out of this unscathed. There is one angle to consider though. Kate is the only character on the show who admits that she did despicable things and is a terrible person at heart. She does not excuse herself with youth as a reason for the murder of children for profit. But unlike Joe, Kate has been quietly repenting and trying to redeem herself. She sponsors artists. She helped that poor woman that Simon abused. She helped her mother get mental health care. She tries to help Phoebe get mental health care. She tries to steer her friends to consider moral implications of things and she has been resisting her father's attempts to buy her back. More importantly, she does most of these good things unseen, without ever asking credit for them. That is what real redemption looks like. Given Kate's history of helping and her father's reach, it could be possible for Kate to have Joe whisked away to an asylum where the world would be safe for him from him forever. I hope so at any rate. Joe is the way he is largely because of trauma and mental illness. Hollywood keeps telling us that it it's justified to murder or euthanize people like Joe. It's the wrong message, and it perpetuates a cycle of abuse with abuse. Having Joe hospitalized seems like the only satisfying resolution to me. I hold out little hope of it happening, but a little hope is better than none at all. Thanks for the great podcast. Talk to you next week. Gail.
1: That was was great. Great analysis as usual, (laughs) Gail. Thank you.
2: Uh huh. Always, yeah, really good. Kind of breaking down a lot of the psychological ideas and stuff going on. And then, yeah, thanks for that last part about kind of where you feel Joe's (laughs) eventual fate really should lie. I think that is an important thought and message to get out there that, yeah, that, (laughs) like you said, like uh, the abuse for abuse, you know, Mm -hmm. just it doesn't necessarily answer things. So yeah, like this show does have an opportunity to really show a, a different and better message about like mental health and things like that. So I agree. It's a good point. That is
1: a good point. It is a good point. Maybe I've, I've said so often like, Oh, Joe just needs to die. Right. That's the only, only thing that I feel at least for me would be satisfactory, but you know, maybe that's not the right thing. So that makes me question um, that as well. And, So, But yeah, I I love that. Thank you, Gail, for that in-depth analysis. All right. We have another voice message. Um, This one from Jim.
5: Hey there, Rima and Peg. This is Jim from Raleigh here to talk about you. Season one, episode seven, Good Man, Cruel World. So episode six annoyed me. Episode seven was exhilarating. What a banger of an episode right up there with some of my favorite you episodes. Oh, my gosh. Everything about this episode was fantastic. And like I was sort of thinking, I think episode six maybe set me up to like episode seven better. They got rid of all those secondary characters. The only two that they focused on were Adam and Phoebe. They brought in Tom Lockwood. I'll get to him in a second, who I think is an absolute fantastic character, right in line with all those wonderful new characters that they add from season to season that just immediately has depth Uh, in Greg Kinnear. So let me just start there. Number one, my favorite part of this episode wasn't the reveal. It was Tom Lockwood. Greg Kinnear, I've loved him since Talk Soup. Uh, He was on Later. Later. (laughs) Uh, after um, The Late Show uh, back in the 90s and then, of course, was in As Good As It Gets. It's always felt to me like he's an actor who should be in more. You know, he's sort of, in my mind, his typecast is like this good guy and I think is being used brilliantly here as that wolf in sheep's clothing that we see so often in this show. He does seem like everybody's dad, but man, that moment where Joe shows him that Winston Churchill book because he likes nonfiction, that's notated by... Winston Churchill at first edition so that he can kill him and then at the it, that at, um that scene ends with Tom Lockwood grabbing that book and writing Reese's address in it like he could give a shit less mm. which just shows you how evil a character he truly is okay he knows who Joe is he's only playing it off like did you kill Love Quinn i'm sure he knows everything there is to know about Joe i can't wait to see how this is revealed and how this plays out probably doesn't play out too well for him Um, Unless this is the last season, and I'm beginning to think more and more that it's not. But, wow. Um, So, number two, I'm not binge-watching this season. I'm watching it episode by episode. I really forced myself not to binge-watch it after I watched episode six, and I really am enjoying this experience a lot better than the binges. It's giving it more weight, and I really like the reveal of this episode because of that. Um, Number three the end scene where I mean that moment where he knocks on the door and I think all of us were sort of waiting to see if Reese knew who he was and he, he knocks on the door and (laughs) Reese says, sorry, do I know you? And I think probably all of us were like, yes, he doesn't know him. And then watching the (laughs) tennis match of Nadia and um, Joe kind of killing Reese and finding Marianne down there and then Joe's Reese popping up and oh what an amazing end to an episode one of my favorite favorite cliffhangers (laughs) really had to stop from watching the next episode I'll do that in a couple days uh just brilliant brilliant stuff um Nadia again the smartest person in the room and she's reticent about it you know she breaks into Joe's office she finds the key because again she's brilliant she doesn't really know what she's looking for. She finds the key. She sees that torture book, which of course comes—what <laughs> a scene—comes in later in the episode, and um, you know, finds those photos from Edward. And then, of course, that whole the, through this whole episode, sort of them dancing around that bomb shelter, the Indian food, and her finding it again—the smartest person in the room. Oh boy, I cannot wait to see where this goes. Uh, I do love the Adam and Phoebe, but they put them like in their right place. Okay, so they're secondary characters. We'll get to see how their story kind of plays out, and all of this. And um, you know, it's funny. I don't hate the Kate character, but she seems to just be so plain. Even in this episode where she's given a lot of depth, um, that she's not really standing out to me. Uh, which, which is not bad. I think maybe that's the point. But um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I have no idea where this season is going to go now. I think we're going to get to see Joe unwind. And I, like I said, I hope I really find out in this, this next episode eight um, all of this, the little gaps that we've missed, how Marianne got there, and how Joe has been completely insane. Wow, this was a really long one. I apologize. But this was easily <laughs> one of, maybe my favorite episode so far uh, in season four, uh, episode that stands out i think among the best you episodes (sighs) okay here we go three more episodes this season (sighs) can it get better than this (laughs) if it does ooh, we might have the best season of you yet all right guys thanks for all you do and on to the next peace
1: jim my guy that was great awesome great as always yeah
2: always good to hear from you
1: lovely to hear from you yeah that was so great glad we're on the same page about Greg Kinnear. I, just such such a treasure um so I, I appreciate that. I think we share a lot of the the same thoughts there um, and I appreciate your your enthusiasm and maybe your appreciation for not binging it's 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 yeah. fine it's fine and I get not wanting to wait, but there is something to be said about kind of enjoying it and you know marinating on it for a little while so. I'm glad yeah. you're enjoying that experience. I really appreciate hearing that feedback from you. Um you know, kind of following along with this. Love that. Wow. I'm I'm just so gracious. Um <laughs> grateful. Sorry, that's the right word. Um for everyone continuing their you know, sending us their thoughts and being so in into yes. the season. Thank you everyone so much. You know, only a couple more episodes you know to go.
2: We have some very awesome, dedicated feedback listeners this season. I'm really enjoying hearing from
1: i I love
2: I appreciate everyone who's just listening. you're still very important to us, but yeah these these feedback this feedback crew that we're hearing from week after week, especially really love you guys. you've been awesome.
1: It's a treat. <laughs> you know seeing the names pop up and saying the same names popping up and then also you get a couple new ones in there too has mm-hmm. just been so fun so welcome to everyone that's been new to leaving feedback for our show or maybe if you're new to the uh watching you um but yeah just thanks it's a treat um well, as we mentioned, uh, you know, and as Jim said, you know, on to the next, um, next week for us, we're going to be covering season four, episode eight of You, titled, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? I, I wonder, and I, and this is just speculation, because I know you mentioned earlier, and I had the same thoughts. Are we going to get to see a little bit of, you know, where's Joe been? <laughs> That where's, would he, be where's he going? <laughs> Honestly,
2: I do hope we see a lot of that because I would love to get flashbacks. Like, things that I mentioned in this episode is like seeing maybe like him killing the people and like mm-hmm. what he was like in that state or when he's talking to Marianne, or you know, mm-hmm. like when he is not Jonathan Moore, like what, what, how he's acting. I'd like to see that. And then, yeah, to get those flashbacks of like, it was like when he was talking to Reese, or it was like, this is what was really happening. Like, yeah. That would be fun to see those it would,
1: And, you know, when they were, we talked about it in that episode when it happened, but when Roald had Joe at gunpoint there at Hamsey, yeah. and he's kind of, well, I, I think he did this. And he's kind of giving that whole explanation of of, of his theories of why he thought Joe, you know, was the um killer. And I was like, that feels pretty real. That could have very well mm-hmm. happened it makes sense so i wonder if that was really what yeah. happened or are we actually going to see some flashbacks of how things really went down but yeah i definitely want to see his interactions with marianne uh or some flashbacks to that and kind of get his mood Is he as he is you know as lost you know as, as as you know what we think so yeah tune in for that one um i can't wait to watch all right.
2: Well, if you would like to write in, leave feedback, voicemails, all those things, like all the awesome uh, feedback that we had this week, we've had this season, you can find all that contact information over at podcastica.com. Feel free to, to join in. Don't be
1: shy. We love hearing Don't from Don't be shy. <laughs> if you're a first time, you know, contributor, <laughs> you know. We'd, we'd love to get your thoughts. Or if you know want to save it all to the end, I think we've had folks in the past kind of save it all to the very end because mm-hmm. I know they're worried about maybe putting something out, spoilery or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. Well, while you're at podcastica.com, you know, make sure you check out all of our other shows. There's really something for everyone. Got a lot of fantastic hosts that work so hard to put out some really great content. Um, for everyone, I know uh the mandalorian is out right now they're podcasting on that we just wrapped up the last of us um that show just wrapped uh and this week yellow jackets season two comes back so i know there's a lot of great coverage on that show as well you should definitely check that out and of course um you have to check out pick and daphne uh and run for your lives do you have something special you'd like to tease this week
2: oh yeah this week uh gonna be a fun one Uh (laughs) Definitely a fun one. We are diving into the world of and the mind of Elizabeth Banks as oh boy. we are covering the new uh, unexpected hit movie, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> have
1: got to check
2: this yeah. out. I, oh,
1: I know nothing about it's amazing. it. amazing. <laughs> but I'm hearing so much chatter that I'm like, okay, now I'm intrigued. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the most ridiculous nonsense in all the best ways. I, I love it. Uh, we have Alex as our guest host on there awesome. with us. He comes in to talk about it with us and stuff. It's great. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. I mean, it's Ray Liotta's last performance. Carrie uh, Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, Alden Ehrenreich, and kind of maybe a little bit of a tease for what's coming up soon on Strange Indeed. Our boy Gus from Sweet Tooth, Christian Convery, is in it.
0: Really? Uh,
2: oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's coming back very soon. It is. So
1: April. excited for yep. that. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: it was, it's just, it's a wild ride for sure. And I
1: have to <laughs> so... check it out. I keep hearing so much yeah. chatter and, and like, oh, this was unexpectedly good. And I'm like, really? Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll have to mm-hmm. check that out can't wait to hear that. Yes.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Well, yeah. So for anyone checking out any of those shows or, you know, checking me out on Run For Your Lives, checking Rima out on those uh, Last of Us episodes, if you're going back and listening to those or any of the other ones, then make sure you're giving a little extra love. If you can subscribe, follow whatever you can do on your podcast player of choice. Give some reviews, give ratings. Everything to share that love. We always appreciate that if you can do that.
1: We do. Please and thank you.
2: But all right, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Pig.
1: And Jody from Australia is strange. Indeed.